It is fantastic to get to be with you this morning and get to share a time of worship together. I'm so excited to get to know all of you and uh, just uh, share this summer with you and uh, build relationships with you. And um, this is what makes this next part a little awkward because it's my first Sunday here. You know, it's kind of the trial by fire kind of thing. And um, I was talking uh, with Craig and he was like, all right, I need you. I need you to go up. I need you. You need to make this announcement. And I was like, are you sure? This is this is not something they're going to want to hear uh, because this is not not super good news. Uh, but I was like, can I, can I really can I really do this on my first Sunday? And he said, you have to do this. I promise that was a real conversation that we had. Um, so I, I've got I've got bad news and really just bad news. Uh, I was reading this week and I learned that a supermassive black hole is heading directly towards Earth at 110 kilometers per second. A, a black hole capable of pulling the fabric of everything we know and see apart and Again, what awful timing. I'm sorry I have to be the one to tell you this, but it's going to be here in just four billion years. Okay, okay, what, what just happened? What, what, did, what did I just do? We experience things like this all the time. You're, you're on your phone, you're, you're looking through Twitter, you're looking through Facebook, and you, you see a headline that says supermassive black hole heading towards Earth. You're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Am, am I gonna be okay? Is my family gonna be okay? And so you keep reading, you keep going, and you, you get into it and, and you find out, wait, four billion years, that's nothing like what it set itself up to be, right? What do we call that? We call that clickbait. So clickbait, it draws us in, it excites us. In this case, it scares us, it attracts us to the title so that we read the information that it has to say. And then we get into it and we're like, this is completely underwhelming. This I, was, I, was I led to believe a lie? What, what happened? Are Jesus' words clickbait? Maybe the better question is, do you treat his words as clickbait? This passage that we just read, Simon Peter makes this astonishing confession about Jesus that I think has a lot to do with this idea. And I'll read that again here for us. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So based on this profound confession that Simon Peter makes, he clearly believes the opposite about Jesus. He says, Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else that I'm going to go. So he by no means believes that Jesus is clickbait. So what did Peter discover? What caused Peter to make this statement? So let's flash back to the day before Jesus is out in front of a massive crowd of people. He is teaching them all day long. They're on a hillside. There is a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children. Just absolutely massive crowd. It gets to the end of the day. They're hot. They're tired. They're hungry. It's dinner time, you know, things like that. And so then Jesus, he, he takes a couple of loaves of bread. He takes a couple of fish and he performs this absolutely astounding miracle. And he feeds 
these thousands of people with just a minuscule amount of food, and they are blown away, so much so that it says that they are ready to make him king by force. They say, this is the Messiah. We found him. We are ready. And we'll come back to, to that here in a sec. So Jesus comes back, or he, Jesus goes away. They come back. They find Jesus the next day. Why? Because they're hungry. They're ready for more. They got something from Jesus the day before, and the next day they show up and they say, what do you, what do you got for me, Jesus? I'm, re- I'm ready for more. And this time they're left extremely disappointed because as, as we see in here in verses 14 and 15, it indicates that Jesus isn't who they wanted as their Savior. See, the, the Jewish ideology of the Messiah, it's this idea that this prophet was going to rise up and, and was going to reestablish the kingdom of Israel. And so when Jesus, he, he brings them back in and, and he's talking to them and he's like, if you want to be my disciple, you have to eat my flesh and you have to drink my blood. And they go, Jesus, that, that's, that's not, if you're, if you're the Messiah, then, then that, that's not what you should be saying. Jesus, if you're the Messiah, you are going to rise us up again. We are going to reclaim our, the, the authority that we have because we are God's chosen people. That is where we deserve to be, Jesus. That is what I want you to be, Jesus, if you are the Messiah. So Jesus wasn't who they wanted as their Savior. In other words, Jesus just got canceled. And when something like this happens in our culture, when, when someone gets canceled, it's because of a thing that they said, a thing that they did. They said something racist, they said something immoral, they did something immoral, whatever it is. But in this case, the problem is not with what Jesus said. The problem is it's the hearts of his listeners. Ironically, the crowd is right. In, in assuming that Jesus is the Messiah, but they have this agenda in mind with who the Messiah is supposed to be. They have their own ideology. They say, Jesus, if you're the Messiah, you are going to do this for me. And we come across this all the time in our lives. We, we put these ideas that who, who we think Jesus should be in front of who Jesus actually is. And this occurs for two reasons. One, is Jesus' teachings are not easy in any way. When, when Jesus talks about uh, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, that's confusing. It's hard to understand. And then when you dig down deep into it, it's very difficult to carry out. So Jesus' teachings are not easy too. Many of us are still busy searching for Jesus that fits our own agenda. We spend too much time looking for the Messiah when the Messiah is right in front of us. This crowd, they had been waiting for so long. They said, we're ready for the Messiah to come. We, we were so hopeful, and, and they don't think Jesus is the Messiah, when the reality is he was right there in their midst, and they missed it. They missed it. Too often in my life, I'm looking for a clickbait Jesus. I'm looking for a light and fluffy Jesus. So many times we chase after these, these headlines that Jesus teaches, which are, which are completely true because we, we love that Jesus, he comes and he, he brings unity, he brings freedom, and, and man, that, that's incredible. And then we, we, we get into it some more, we keep reading, and we find out in order to achieve that unity, we have to make 
self-sacrifices and we have to treat others as more important as ourselves. So we, we move on, we keep looking for this clickbait Jesus and, and we see that Jesus came and he brought grace and, and mercy and second chances and, and we love that, it's incredible. And then we, we get down into it, we keep going and we see that that same grace extends towards people that we don't feel like deserve it, people that we might label as bad people. So we keep looking for a clickbait Jesus with, with, with headlines of that Jesus came and he came to help the sick and the poor and the hurting. And man, we, we love that. That's incredible. Those, th- those are the people. That, but then we, we, we keep going, we get into it, and we find out that he challenged. He challenged the rich, the religious, the well-off, the educated. And so we, we keep looking for, for a clickbait Jesus. We see that he set us free through his sacrifice on the cross. And we love that. It's incredible. And, and then we don't like when he talks about how to be his disciple. And he says, in order to be my disciple, we have to take up our crosses daily. So is, is Jesus clickbait? Definitely not, because Jesus makes it clear that follow it, in order to follow him, it's not going to be a cakewalk. Do we treat Jesus as a savior that provides these enticing, soft, and fluffy headlines that serve our own agenda and provide this outline for how we think our lives should be? Too many of the time we fall subject to this reality. However, whenever this happens, we're, we're left empty. We're left with this hunger for a savior because this, this fluffy clickbait Jesus, it just, it just serves this surface level purpose of life. There, it has to do with the, the things that we can do, the experiences that we can have, how well off we can be, but none of that is going to fill our hunger and our need for our Savior. A light and fluffy Jesus isn't the same Jesus as the one that has the words of life. The true Jesus is found within the teaching that caused so many people to leave. So what scared people off in the first place. The hard teaching that Jesus said presents an interesting discussion for us because not only does Jesus not fit into the idea that the Jews thought the Messiah was going to be, but he also makes it clear of what being his disciple means. And this comes to us in verses 53 and 56 from John chapter 6. And he says, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Now I want to look at one specific word, this word that is in bold, the word real. This is the Greek word aletheis, which is the word for true. And so when Jesus is saying this, not only is he saying that his flesh is real food, his blood is real drink, his flesh is true food. His 
his blood is true drink. In other words, his flesh and his blood, they are the only food and drink that will be able to fill our hunger. This is the same word that Jesus uses in John 4, 18, when he's talking with the woman at the well, talking with her, and he says, what you have said is true. It is the truth. And this is the same word that Paul uses in Philippians 4, 8, when he, he rattles off the list. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is the truth. So when Jesus is saying this, he's saying that when you, when you come to me, when you partake with me, when you are feeding off me, if if you will, I, it is not just a place of convenience, but it is the only place where you can find the words of life. We can only live through getting our fill through Jesus. So with this in mind, let's go back to the passage that we read at the very beginning. And this time, let's look at what Jesus' response is to Peter when Peter makes his profound statement. In verse 70, then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is the devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. And I'll, I'll be honest, um, if I'm Peter in this situation, I'm pretty proud of what I just said. I'm like, wait, okay, hold on. Jesus, did you not hear what I just said? Did you not hear the confession I just made? But what, what Jesus is, is getting at here is, He's, he's making a very important distinction about what it means to be his follower, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And so Jesus presents this third attitude that is kind of created in, in this story. So the first attitude we see from the crowds, this, this attitude that we can have, someone that is just checked out completely. We, they, they go to Jesus, they look, they're like, all right, what, what is Jesus saying? What does he have to offer? And they go, nope. Not for me. Not for me. Okay, then there's the second attitude, and this is the attitude of uh, kind of, of Peter's confession of the 11 out of 12 disciples. They, they've done their searching. They've looked. They say, what does the world have to offer? What does Jesus have to offer? And they see, there's, there's nowhere else I can go but Jesus. And so they are staying no matter what. And then there's this third attitude, this third group. And this is the group that they, they are staying with Jesus, but they're still holding on to some of their intentions. And this is what Jesus points out in verse 70. He says, yeah, one of you is here. One of you is my disciple. I have chosen you, but you're still holding on to something that serves yourself, still holding on to something that isn't a part of being my follower. And in our society, there are so many ideologies, so many things that people are claiming as true. And there's this highly popularized attitude that, that we can pick and choose different truths and, and make that fit our perspective in the world. So we can take, we can take these things, the, the, the light and fluffy things, while all true, we can take these things of Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus, I want your grace, I want your forgiveness, and I love the idea of, of helping people, but you know what? <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to forgive people. I'm not, I'm not going to do things that take me out of my comfort zone. You can pick and choose the aspects of Jesus that best benefit you, these light and fluffy aspects of Jesus, creating a light and fluffy Jesus. 
But that light and fluffy Jesus is not the Jesus that holds the words of eternal life. So I'm, I'm going to ask you this morning, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Let's choose today that in our relationship and in our walk with Christ, let's, let's search ourselves, let's search our hearts. Find those things that when you approach Jesus, when you approach the word, what are the things that you are bringing your own agenda to? What are the things that you are, are holding yourself back in in your relationship with Jesus. For, for some of us, maybe it just has to do with reaching out to a person, reaching out to a coworker. We feel called by Jesus to do this, but that's difficult. We don't want to do it. I, I want to challenge you to, to f- figure out how, how you might do that, how you might share the gospel with them. For some of us, maybe there's a person in our lives that, that we need to forgive, that Jesus is calling us to forgive. For some of us, maybe God is calling you to use uh, resources you might have, or time, or money, or energy. What is Jesus calling you to do with those things? For all of us, I can guarantee that Jesus is calling us to grow deeper in a relationship with him through his words of life. So whatever it is, I challenge you to take that next step toward your relationship with Christ. Is it easy? Is it even desirable for us sometimes. In fact, sometimes it's the exact opposite of what we think, what what we want in our relationship with Jesus, but it is in fact 100% in line with what we need in our relationship with Jesus. So to whom shall we go but the only one who can make us complete? The light and fluffy Jesus the clickbait Jesus, that's not going to leave us complete. The Jesus who holds the words of life, that is who is able to make us complete. I'm going to close us out in prayer, and, and after I do, and as we stand and sing this next song, uh, our elders, myself, Craig, will, will be in the back. If, if you would like to uh, come back, talk, and pray about what that next step in your relationship with Christ looks like, if there's something going on in your life that you need prayers about, we'll be able to Uh, to do that with you this morning. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time to be together, this time to fellowship, this time to share your love together. And and I pray that as we go throughout our daily lives, that, that we can grow deeper and deeper into a relationship with you, and we can grow away from, from our own desires, and we can grow closer to what you have for us. We can grow closer to uh, your being your disciple and loving you more and more every day. I, I thank you so much for Jesus and for his sacrifice and uh, just making all of that possible for us. And I pray that we can live each day as, as, we, as, as though we, are, we can acknowledge the sacrifice that you made and we can honor that sacrifice that we will never be able to to repay. So we thank you for that, Jesus, again. Thank you for this morning, for this time together. Bless the rest of our worship, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.